After a brief hiatus, the Day in Sports podcast welcomes you back. We are packed, locked, loaded, ready to go. We're going to talk NBA, college hoops, uh, NFL, big games coming up this weekend, our Power 7. Ben Sherman gets engaged and the ramifications. All that coming up on the podcast. Welcome in to the Day in Sports podcast. Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman, along with you for the ride. Sorry for the brief hiatus. Interlude. Interlude, but sometimes, you know what, life gets in the way. And speaking of which, Ben Sherman has taken the plunge, asked his beautiful now fiance, Alicia Edmonds, soon to be Sherman. Yeah. Uh, She's not going to take it. She doesn't want it. No, she's not going to do it. No, she doesn't want it. Uh, she should. Yeah. Maybe, uh, a, maybe a hyphen. My dad's already encouraged her not to, so I think that was the... Well, I think it's all right now. Doesn't he want his seed to live on? I guess it will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, more to the point, as a married man myself, I wanted to congratulate you and then ask you, what the hell are you thinking? It was... It's time. It was time to yeah. poop or get off the potty. <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't think getting off the pot would have been a good option. No, it's not. I'm not going to do any better. No. 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 Have you seen me? Worse. Way worse. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I peaked clearly and, and bought, bought in low, selling high. Yeah. Feel good. To use a sports cliche, I would say both you and I outkicked our coverage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, any, any coverage is outkicking my coverage. I don't have any coverage. Getting anybody to, to put up with me for more than about 17 minutes is, I usually get the punt blocked. I it's don't a, even get it off. It's a win, yeah. Um, so you were in Nolens. Nolens. Is that where it happened? Lovely city. Yeah. Yeah. Right in Jackson Square, actually. Okay. So how did you do it? I got to know. I It was actually on her birthday. Yep. Hey, I, I proposed on Amanda's birthday. Fine. You know what? Takes the place of a birthday gift. Yeah. We did. She didn't even know I didn't get her anything. Efficient. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, we were going to go out for breakfast. Kind of downtown in the French Quarter there, and beignets, beignets, which is what we were gonna do. We were gonna go to that uh, Cafe du Monde. Oh yeah, but the line is like seventeen blocks long. Siragusa was there. Yeah, he was eating all the beignets. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, sidebar: Cafe du Monde literally has only small Asian women as servers, and they're all fifty plus. Weird. Maybe they're the only ones that know how to make a good beignet. I guess, but I don't even think they make them. Maybe they are the only ones that know how to tote a beignet to a table. Apparently, trays are difficult to yeah. carry. But I digress. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know. I just we we were, I was planning on doing it right in Jackson Square there, and yeah. uh, artfully untied my shoe when she wasn't looking, and then told her I had to tie my shoe, and <laughs> and uh, you hilar- popped back up and you popped the question. I didn't even pop back up. I. I realized once I was tying my shoe that I had untied the wrong shoe because it was in my other pocket and I couldn't get into that pocket Can't get from where I was me. at. So I had to like, well, I got to tie my other shoe too. <laughs> and she was like, what? she was just like, just really, really crabby and hungry. She's starting breakfast. to process in her mind before you even pop the question, do I really want to spend my life with a man that can't tie a shoe? Yeah. 
Exactly. Even before the question was posed. Or that won't let me have breakfast on my birthday before 11.30 a.m. Yeah. So there. Stuff happens. Yeah. So anyway. And that was it. Right there, one knee. What'd she say? Uh, the first response was, does have an expletive in it. Was, uh, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Okay. Hope that was happy. Uh, kind of, but also seemingly quite shocked. Yeah. I don't think she, uh, expected that. And, Good, uh, that's what you want. Yeah, but it was a very real reaction that was almost scary. Yeah. But yeah, and then after... Immediately a, rethought your decision. After about a 20-second uh, <laughs> silence, uh, yeah. uh, it didn't always that long. But Did yeah. she cry? Yes, a lot. That's beautiful. Yeah, I gave her, um, the ring I gave her is actually, because her parents got divorced when she was real young and then her dad passed away, mm-hmm. so I gave her the ring that it, her dad gave her mom. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I didn't have to get a ring. I know we joke a lot and, and talk a lot of sports and mess around a lot, which we will, but want to say really happy for you. Love, Alicia. Obviously love you. Kind of sad you're off the market for yeah. me and Eric. Uh, Eric was in tears when he got here today, but he's cleaned himself up well, I'm, a bit. Not, I'm not quite married yet, so there's still some time for debauchery, I think. As Warren Sapp likes to say, and I believe, when he's talking about looking at other women besides his wife, I'm married, I ain't dead. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. You're, he's also broke. Yeah, he's also bankrupt. Yeah. But, uh, sure, taking his advice. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet pea. Um, so, lovely story, but let's bring it back in. Bring it back, reel it in. Let's rope it in. Yeah. You doubted the Timberwolves. I did a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I still kind of do. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's early. I think they might fall, fall back to earth a little bit, but it's good to see them play so well thus yeah. far. They're six and three. Mm-hmm. Um, Player efficiency rating is it's one of those like analytic stats a lot uh, like baseball has started to do and, and even sites like Pro Fo- Football Focus in the NFL. Uh, but basically, it's called player efficiency rating. PER measures how efficiently a player scores and, and their overall impact on the game. How, how efficient are they? So it's like a, a points by time yeah. kind of a thing? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact. It's like the Drake equation. Yeah, very like very that. much like that, um, I'm sure. But Kevin Love leads the league in player efficiency mm-hmm. rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27 points a game, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Kevin Martin, who came over, they haven't had a shooting guard in ever. Uh, 25 points a game. And Rubio is a, basically a double-double, 10 points, 10 assists every night. I really like what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, I kind of always... I remember when he came out of college, and I think I may have texted you even... Because he's a, a Bruin, yeah. or a former Bruin. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about that, but I never thought in a million years he'd be this good. I mean, one of the best players in the NBA now, and I've seen in a long time. Yeah, he's completely transformed his body. Uh, yeah, he would really remember has. as a freshman at UCLA, he was big, very bulky, kind of doughy yeah. almost. I mean, yeah. not out of shape, but um, the thing he was so good at at UCLA was he was an excellent passer, big, solid rebounder. Mm-hmm. And he's still all of those things, but he must have. Dropped 30, 40 pounds. Easily, yeah. And also he's added, a, he's 40% from the three-point line. Shooter, yeah. Great perimeter shooter. Great perimeter shooter. I was going to ask you this, and I was trying to think about it. Besides, obviously, LeBron James, mm-hmm. if you're starting a team, Kevin Lo- I mean, who do you want besides Kevin Love? Right. May, may, I thought maybe Durant. I don't know who else I'd pick. Yeah, those, I mean, those are kind of the big three building blocks at this point. Isn't that weird to say, though? Like a Kevin, and that Kevin same, Love? In that same breath, too, like, because he's... You look at the guy, if you just looked at a picture of just his face, you'd be like, Who's that? He looks like a hobo, yeah. you know? But he, he's not as flashy as, as those other guys, but he's, he's 
clearly he's, he's so fundamentally he sound done, yeah. and and that kind of stuff just is is just it's so underrated in the NBA because yeah. nobody does it anymore and then on draft day, I remember when Love was drafted and he got swapped for O.J. Mayo. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what my reaction was. I was disappointed, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of I people mean, were like, I wanted O.J. Mayo. He's yeah. a flasher, he's a scorer, and now O.J. Mayo's a de facto sixth man. Yeah, and well, and it was just that whole long line of Timberwolves executives deciding to take a point guard, give him away. Take a point guard, Take three point away. cards yeah. in one draft, yeah. Um, but so I think I really do think they have something. I think their pieces fit really well together. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big Pekovic fan just because he looks funny. Yeah. Um, but he's also a really good player. The Pacers are eight zero. They've made it pretty clear that their goal is to get the one seed, and if they have to go toe to toe with Miami, they'd like to be at home for that. Yeah. And I think if they are, they have a real good shot at winning that series. Yeah. Well, I mean, they gave the Heat a run for their money last year. Seven games. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a, as far as between those two teams, I would consider myself a Pacer fan. Anything I like Roy Hibbert a lot. That's not heat related. Yeah, anti heat is is where is the bandwagon that you're on. Is the house that I live in. Yeah, the heatless house. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like this house. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's quite warm in here. Yeah, we turned the heat on this morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul George has played really good for the Pacers, though. He's I think taken that next step to from emerging to superstar. Twenty five points, eight rebounds, four assists a game. Um, I wanted to get your opinion because I know you liked the Brooklyn Nets before the year started. Yeah. And they started off, and we've seen this with, remember when Miami brought all the pieces together the first year they started 9-8? and eight. Yeah. Obviously, the Lakers last year never got it on track. And actually, the Lakers and the Nets, to me, are more similar because it was an amalgamation of a lot of old guys. Older pieces, yeah. Yeah. And so the Nets start 2-5. and five. I've only seen them play. I only saw them play the opener um, where the Cavs beat them. Mm-hmm. Do you think they get it back on track? Do you think they get the chemistry rolling? I don't know. I'm I'm starting to have serious doubts now. Yeah, I just you know the co. I mean, coaching. I don't know. I, I, I think don't trust that. I, I I don't think that he's necessarily going to be a failure as a coach in the league, but I think he's got a lot to learn. Probably. Yeah, he needs more time. Yeah. And oh, and you look at Eric Spolstra in his first year with Miami. He really struggled handling those egos, yeah. and especially even more for for kid coming. You know, being in the league last year, now you've got a bunch of guys that are almost his age, and he's coaching them. Yeah, uh, who just and, played against him or with him last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, and, and and really superstar egos all over that team. I'm I'm worried about the Nets. Yeah, um, I'm sure everyone in Brooklyn is worried about the Nets. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine they are. And then the other thing I want to talk about is is uh, the comebacks of Derrick Rose, and then to kind of a lesser extent Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. who came back. Westbrook came back about a month early. He's just doing his thing, dunking free throw line, 21 yeah. points, five rebounds, five assists a game. Derrick Rose has struggled a little bit, um, and I think it might almost be because he took so long coming back. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like it's, I think he got almost out of that rhythm, that you know, game rhythm, game time kind of. I don't know if it's what do they do every every day almost every other day pretty much yeah sometimes it's back to back sometimes you know it's every other day probably breaks down to about a game every other day yeah and you know he's what he's tr- having trouble with is his hamstring which is pretty common after a knee injury because you, you tend to start compensating for it and, yeah um, I mean he's when he's been on the court he's looked like the old Derrick Rose mm-hmm. which is really good for the league um, but I think the Bulls are in a little bit of trouble yeah they. The numbers that he's putting up, I mean, like you said, he does look like the old Derrick Rose when he's on the court, like some of the moves that he'll make and, you know, especially 
down low in traffic. He's got the speed yeah. and, and kind of the power around the rim back. But his numbers are just kind of flat. I yeah, mean, for him, pedestrian. 14, you know, 14 points, you know, even if it is a double-double or something like that, it's kind of a, a not what you need from him if they're going to win. Yeah, know? if they're going to be a challenger to the Heat, I mean, you know, in his MVP year, I think he was 22 points and 8 assists a game. Yeah. Um, so we'll wait and see on him, but, but I think he may struggle uh, at least maybe leading up to the All-Star break, getting healthy. Yeah. Um, the unibrow, Anthony Davis, wanted to talk about him. Down in? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. He's a Pelican. Yeah. Right behind yes. Kevin Love, he's actually ranked second in player efficiency rating in the entire league. I wish I would have picked him for my most improved player. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks a game. He's right with Kevin Love in terms of guys that I would pick to, to build around if you weren't going to pick LeBron. Yeah, and he's, how old is he, 19, 20? 20? As long as they can kind of keep his joints intact, I'm yeah. sure it will be a force to be reckoned with in the league for a long time. Yeah, and I think, you know, he had so much hype last year, and then he had some injuries when he went to New Orleans, and mm-hmm. people kind of forgot how transcendent he was at Kentucky. Um, but I, I think we're starting to get a glimpse of, of, of just how good he can be. Pelicans are still young and have some mismatched pieces, but but he's definitely going to be a building block for them. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Kentucky, have you seen, have you watched any college hoops? Yeah. Just a little but, bit, yeah. There was a real good doubleheader. Uh, uh, Michigan State beat Kentucky one yeah. versus two, and then Duke Kansas uh, played each other right after that, uh, uh, last or, or earlier this week. Um, and my God, the, the the talent on display. Jabari Parker for Duke uh, was probably the best freshman that I saw, even though Wiggins uh, for Kansas is the most highly touted. Par- mm-hmm. Parker's just got an NBA game right now. He could come in, drop twenty five points. Easily in an NBA game. Yeah. Um, he's got the all-court game. He can dribble, handle, pass. Wiggins just kind of looks like he's a freak athlete, you know, one of those high-potential guys. And then there's there's Julius Randle for Kentucky, who has just about every other high recruit in the country, um, which kind of brings me – I want to kind of bridge between the NBA and college with, with teams that are going nowhere this year, like the Lakers or, yeah. or the Utah Jazz. What's your opinion on on tanking a season to get one of these top, you know, lottery pick type guys? Look, I'm a huge proponent of that. Like, Me too. I really, but then again, it's like if if the public perceives that you're doing it on purpose, yeah, clearly there's going to be backlash there and people will cry foul and all that stuff. But I mean, how do you find a happy medium? I want my team to have the best pick they possibly can if they're not going to be in contention. Yeah, and I, you know, I was listening to to Ryan Rosillo on uh, ESPN Radio knows knows the NBA really well, and his point, which I agree with completely, was let's say you're the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and you're forty and forty two every single year, so you keep getting the tenth pick, and you get Brandon right. Jennings and Epe Udo and Epe Udo guys like you know guys that just aren't real powerhouses, yeah, that aren't going to turn anything around for you. You know, and then you've got all this cap space and what Rosillo was saying, you know, hey, Dwayne Wade, want to come to Milwaukee? No. no. The NBA is a destination city, so if you're not a destination, you've got to get ping pong balls. You've got to get a lottery pick. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know how you fix that, though, unless you really kind of give away all the good pieces you have and play with the bad pieces. Yeah. So you can just kind of start from scratch. I mean, I, that's the only thing you can really do. That's what the That's what the Jazz did. They traded Al Jefferson. Former Denver Wolf. Oh yeah. Uh, they traded Paul Millsap. He went uh, uh, to the Hawks, and so they basically just said we're going to play the young guys. And and that's the thing that people that are against tanking, I think, th- they think that 
the players that are on the court and the coaches are like, let's miss this shot. Yeah. That's not what's going yeah. on. What they're doing is they're giving their developmental players yeah. time. Um, see who might be good in the future. See who might be good. And if they happen to lose a lot of games, it's almost a bonus. Yeah. Um, and, That's and, because it's not about, at that point, it's more about what do we have than it is can we win these games. Like, let's just kind of yeah. A, yeah, we need to see. almost. To me, it's it's almost like if you owned a business, you know, sort of a big business, and and you had which I do some yeah, which you do, uh, businessman yeah, you're not a businessman, you're a business man. Um, but you know, if you if you had a business that let's say was struggling and you felt you needed to invest in in your infrastructure and your people and in your facilities, whatever it might be, and it, it meant you had to have a down quarter or a down couple of quarters, but you thought if I do this. I could have five straight years of games. Would, right. you, would you do it? I think you have to. And is the NBA anything but a business? No. Tanking, anti-tanking people, we just proved you're on your side. Yeah. I hope you all trip and fall over and scrape your knee today. Unless you're fans of the podcast, keep listening. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing, there was one thing before we jumped back. I didn't want to uh, kind of back to the college basketball thing. I mean, it was yeah. super early and everything. But we, when was the last time you saw uh, the first and second teams yeah. In the country, I think that was the first time. Yeah, that they. I think at that, that was point the, in the season. I think that was the earliest that they've ever played. Um, Michigan State looked nasty. They're going to be a problem in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, and all the other teams, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, are real, real freshman yeah. reliant. Uh, Michigan State's got Harris as uh, a sophomore guard, and they've got Adrian Payne as a, as a nice forward, and they've got Tom Izzo. They just kind of have that system. Yeah. Of, rebounding defense, just kind of a culture of winning. Plus, they've brought in some good freshman talent. So I think Michigan State is, is going to be tough all year. One thing I'll say about Kentucky is you better catch them now. Yeah. Because two months from now, they're going to be a beast. Well, it's I mean, college basketball, it, you're not going to get a whole lot of huge curveballs, you know, at this point in the year. Right. Um, and you, it, normally later on in the season two, it's kind of the usual suspects. But I think the Big Ten is really kind of coming into its own as potentially the best basketball conference in the nation. Yeah, Ohio uh, or State the deepest, is going to be up there, number nine again. Wisconsin just beat Florida. Yeah. Uh, and Wisconsin's, Wisconsin's the same team every year. Yep. They, they start them either at 20 or outside the top 25, and by the end of the year, they're 10th. Yeah. Uh, and then they lose in the second round of the tournament. Perfect. To my chagrin. But they play defense, they move the ball. It's Bo Ryan is the most underrated coach in the country, in my opinion. Huge home court advantage. Huge home court That's advantage. That's really, really tough place to play. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, so you've got Michigan State. Michigan's going to be good. I think Sports Illustrated yeah. had them ranked seventh. Uh, they still, still got Glenn Robinson the third. Yeah. Mitch McGarry's a really good forward for them. Well, then you got, I mean, any number of the, of the rest of the flock there. What does Minnesota look like this year? Uh, different. Um, Tubby's gone. Yeah. You got a young, new young coach, um, lost some really good senior leadership in Rodney Williams and Trevor Mbakwe. And Mbakwe was, he had so many knee injuries, yeah. but he was so talented when, yeah. he was, when he was right. And he was, and he was a big help for them. Kind of started the season last year coming off the bench, but he was a big help for them late. Um, just kind of the poise was a big thing because they have a lot of young guys. Uh, they're young and they've got some, some JC, Transfers and some, you know, a couple guys that transferred from FIU, I think, that came over with Patino. Okay. Um, so it'll be, I, it's a crapshoot. I have no idea. It'll be a process. I really, I mean, it could go really terribly or, you know, they could end up at the end of the season being the 20th team in the, in the country and. Yeah. 
I, I would say this about, and I, I, you know, I haven't seen Minnesota play. The only thing I would say is in the Big Ten, you don't want to be finding your identity once the season starts. Right. And that's what I'm worried about with Minnesota yep. with all the moving pieces yeah. is if you're trying to figure out what you should do, Wisconsin or Ohio State or Michigan, Michigan State are going to come out and stop you. Because yeah. those teams know exactly who they well, are. Well, they've got their, they've got their starting five, they've had their starting five nailed down for the last year. Yeah. Um, and Minnesota doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and probably, you know, I, I mean, new system, new culture with the new coach yeah. and, and, and everything like that. So, and I think yeah, that was a step they had to take, to be fair. I mean, yeah, Tubby had stagnated, yeah. you know, and, and there were, when he got there, I thought, you know, because that was right around when I started going to school at Minnesota. Right. And I thought, you know, big time coach coming over from the, basically the program, yep. Kentucky, had won a title. Uh, I thought that there would be recruit, I thought he would go into Chicago. I thought he would go. I thought he would go into Minneapolis, where he is, and, and keep those players here. Yeah. I thought he would steal. Some of the top recruits in the nation coming out of Minnesota, and yeah. they're not staying home. No, which is I, why I, would I, they really? Why well, I thought I thought Tubby would turn that around. Yeah. Maybe maybe young Patino, uh, just be like, hey, Dad. Yeah. Can you hand me some of yours? I guess I guess their big challenge is, from what I've heard, they have apparently like the worst practice facilities. In yeah. the country, or yeah, something. They, they need to update the whole hoops. Yeah, I like the barn. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a great venue. Court, yeah, but, yeah, but but I think they could do just some things. Uh, the pr- I guess yeah, with their some aesthetic things yeah. to make it just a little yeah. modernized. Oh yeah, well, I, I, quick story for you. Went to see a basketball game at the barn once, and I saw a mouse in the concourse. <laughs> There's a mouse in the house. Yeah, and it wasn't Damon Stoudemire. No. Um, <laughs> are you good on Are you good on hoops right now? I think so. I'm looking forward to college basketball. And, and, you know, a lot of people will say it's just uh, a game. It's just a game. The rest is just details. Now, a lot of people will say, you know, it's it's only about the tournament. But mm-hmm. to me, watching these young guys, especially these freshmen, even as an NBA fan, kind of watching them develop and seeing how does their game translate, you know, who's because I like to break it down in terms of watching the college game, but also projecting forward to the NBA. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun for me. And then also... It's not nearly as much of a crapshoot in terms of who's going to be good. Yeah. I guarantee you Jabari Parker will be a pro at the next level, barring injuries. Right. Same thing with Wiggins, same thing with Julius Randle. Yep. The top three picks in the NFL draft next year, I don't know who they're going to be, and they could all be busts. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater might not make it. And it could change between now and then. Yeah, and, and Bridgewater was the number one, no doubt, no question, number one pick coming into the year, and he has one bad game against Central Florida, and it's like, Todd McShay drops him down to 543. Yeah, and then Kuiper freaks out and has an aneurysm. But we'll get we'll get into more of that. Let's let's take a quick break. I want to come back to Power Seven, top yeah. seven teams in the NFL, and then talk about. There's a lot of garbage matchups, but there's three really good ones that we're going to get into coming up on the other side of the break. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're beginning our descent into podcast land. Yay! Yay! Oh, hey, we forgot to say stuff. Uh, TDIS underscore humblebrag on Twitter. If you want to tweet mean stuff at us. The Day in Sports on Facebook, did face we, page. Did we say that stuff? We did now. My face. My face. Ben Sherman, Adam Hawking, back with you, dancing to the goat song of Greece. That's a thing. I think what my good friend is trying to say 
Is that true love is blind? No. That we're just happy to be back podcasting. I'm tickled. I tickled pink, and speaking of being tickled, let's tickle each other with seven teams that we think are the best in football. Okay, what I want to do is I'll give you my one, then you give me your one. I'm ready. Let's go back and forth. Trade punches. Punch for punch. Don't hit me hard. Okay. Seattle, number one. Really? My team. <laughs> well, gut, that was a gut punch. What are they, nine and one? Nine I and think, one. Uh, I think Russell Wilson... Um, has hair. He does. He's got nice hair. Yeah, he does. Uh, Good-looking guy. No. He's getting better, though. I just think he, he's he got kind of that Andrew Luck thing. I, you know, whatever the it factor. I know that's not real intelligent to say, but he just... I think he keeps everyone on that team on the right track. Percy Harvin's coming back. They're going to get their starting offensive tackles back mm-hmm. soon-ish. Yeah. Um, in terms of the teams that I think have the best defenses, uh, Kansas City, Carolina, Seattle. I'm not going to put San Francisco in that group right now. Um, I think that Russell, I would take Russell Wilson over, say, Alex Smith. I would take Russell Wilson over uh, probably Cam Newton. Uh, at this yeah. point, just yeah, in terms right now. Of, of being a winner. Yeah. Um, and then they've got Marshawn Lynch. And I just think their defense is so dominant. They're already 9-1. and one. They, They're they probably going to have home field. So I'll put Seattle number one. I I, I think they're very... I mean, I've, I've got them very close to that. We won't give away any secrets right now. But I, I still am a little bit skeptical about their offense. Russell Wilson's playing a little bit better. But it... I think it'll be telling this weekend especially to see what they can do with Percy on the field, if he can kind of pick up where he left off, because he's been off the field for a long time. Yeah, what what is it, week 10, week 11 now? Yeah. Week 11. Full year since he played an NFL game, almost. Yeah, and and he's a guy that relies so much on agility and and cutting and and a hip injury, I would think. You know, he he tore something in his hip. Yeah. Um, So we'll see. We'll see on that. That's why he's not starting on my fantasy team just yet. I hope he is terrible in the locker room, too. Cancer. Just yeah, a just a horrible crybaby bitch. And I will say one thing about Seattle's defense. If they do have a weakness, well, not a weakness, but the weaker part of their defense is probably their run defense. Yeah. Their defensive front is really good and really deep, but it's it's really good in the fact that they have so many guys to get after the passer. But I think a team like Minnesota that has Adrian Peterson, I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win this well, game. And Christian Ponder. Let's yeah. not forget him. Mr. Mobile. Yeah. Um, but I think a team like that can, can pound them a little bit in the run game if they really commit to it. Yeah. You know, it's really, it'll like it always does, it'll come down to the trenches in that one, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of anticipating Minnesota's O-line getting pushed around quite a bit. But. Yeah, I'm looking at maybe a three-interception day for, for Pondy. I've got, uh, I put the Chiefs first. No, no beef with that. What can you say? You know, it hasn't been said they, already. They haven't lost. Their defense is stellar. I was looking at their schedule today. Here's one thing I could say, and I, you know, back I, heavy. It's back heavy, and they haven't the the best team. I guess you could say the best team they've beaten. The best record they've beaten is five and five, as it stands right now. They beat the Cowboys. They've beaten a lot of three and seven teams, but uh, you know, before the year, you might have thought maybe Dallas would be a really good team. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. They. they Line it up and play, and they win every week. And I'm actually picking them to to win this week. It's that's bold. Fortune favors the bold. Well, I just think Peyton. Uh, first of all, it's a tough matchup for him with the three four defense that that can get pressure with just a few guys. Yeah, has always struggled with that. He's got the high ankle sprain. Uh, Manning does high and, high vaginal sprain. Yeah, real yep, vaginal in that region. Yeah, uh, between foot and vagina. Um, and I just I don't know. I know. 
they've got Brandon Flowers, Sean Smith, big physical corners, and Eric Berry is kind of a ball-hawking safety. Yeah. I could see it being one of those games where the Broncos get down 14-3 to and they're starting to lose the, the field position battle, and Peyton can't throw it down the field, and, and he's just frustrated. Yeah. I could see that. I could be totally wrong. I You know, the one thing that – the only thing that I would say Denver's offense – could use that it doesn't have, I I think would be a really good, you know, 30 carry a game running back or just decide, because the guys that they have, either they're not durable enough to carry the ball that many times, or they don't know which one they like the best. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Moreno, he's a good fantasy back, but that's because he gets a lot of one-yard yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. He, he hasn't really, he's decent in pass protection. Monte Ball needs to develop more, and, and Ronnie Hillman is a fumble machine. Yeah. So. They definitely don't have that go-to guy, and as the weather starts to turn colder, yeah, um, and it becomes more about defense. This is the same thing we do with Peyton Manning every year. He's mm-hmm. he's great, he's great, he's great, and then all of a sudden he's not so great. What happened? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that would help them a lot against a team like Kansas City, uh, taking a little pressure off Peyton and being able to run the ball consistently for three or four yards. Yeah, I carry. I agree, and I think I think especially because like we say. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to disrupt that short passing game with their with their physical uh, corners. Not good for Wes Welker. No, well, no, we'll see. I think he could be a real key if if he's finding space to get open. Denver will be able to move the chains and, and win that game. Um, so you you we flip flop our ones and twos. I've got Seattle KC. You've got KC Seattle. Right? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, actually, I had to convince myself to move Seattle to two ahead of Denver, but yeah. I kind of have that feeling that you do about. Denver's offense and Peyton in general just kind of late in the year type this is, stuff. This is, this is kind of this is slump time for him, I think. And we we've seen it pretty much every year except for the year he won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in that run, he didn't play great. Um, so he's always struggled down the stretch. I do I do have Denver number three, um, just because I mean you know they've got the best point differential in the league. I mm-hmm. believe they're you know far and away the best by almost a hundred points. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and and. Uh, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning is obviously better than Alex Smith, and, and the offense and everything is great. But I just, I just worry that they they're so reliant on the aerial attack, and yeah. and the defense hasn't been kind of what we thought it would be, given the personnel Von Miller coming back hasn't quite hit its stride yet. And the Chiefs haven't allowed more than seventeen points in the game, um, so it'll be real interesting as those two teams play each other twice in the next three weeks. And I've also, I, I've. You know, not to be mundane, but I'd put Denver at three as well. Um, I think that's as low as you could possibly yeah, put Yeah, I mean, for a, a one-loss team that's on pace to set the scoring record, you yeah. know. You could argue they're the best team. Yeah. Very, very, very easy. Yeah, you could. Um, and one thing, uh, not to get too off track, but one thing I've started to feel really about all the teams in this top seven is they're closer than we think. Yeah, much um, closer. Closer than I thought maybe three weeks ago where mm-hmm. it seemed like Denver maybe was running away with it, Seattle maybe was the most dominant team in the NFC, but we saw Seattle struggle. They won, but struggle right. against some bad teams, the Buccaneers and the Rams. So I think it makes for a real interesting run down the stretch. Um, I'm gonna, I'm playing the stubborn homer card. I'm keeping San Francisco at number four. Yeah. Um, listen, they're last in the league in passing yards per game, and that's not good. No matter, I mean, you can say they run the ball a lot, they run the read option, they, they're a power team. All that's true, but they're still last. And, and, you know, Colin Kaepernick came out through for 400 yards in the first week of the season and has only eclipsed 200 yards once since that time. Do you think people have kind of been able, they've got enough tape and they've figured out what's going on with San Francisco's offense? I think that's one of the factors. I, I think there's so many things going on. And, you know, I watch them every week, so 
you know, it's, it's almost easier to look at a team that maybe you see every other week or, you know, and, and you're not so emotionally invested. Um, but with San Francisco, I see so many things. Uh, Anquan Bolden is a good receiver, but he can't separate. Uh-huh. He can't get away from anyone. He and doesn't have the legs that he used to. No, and he's got great hands, and he's great as a slot possession guy. Great blocker. But he can't be your number one guy if, if, there's, if your number two guy is Kyle Williams, who just got cut. And then Mario Manningham is just coming off a knee, knee injury. He got back last week. Um, and he's an okay receiver, but mm-hmm. if he's your number two that you're hoping can save the day, you're in some trouble there. Um, and then I think some of it is what you said. You know, teams are scheming for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then another thing I'll say is Greg Roman, as much as I like him as an offensive coordinator, he designs probably the best running game in the league. I'm not sure how good he is at, is at, uh, at designing the pass game. Right. And the other thing about San Francisco is their playbook is anyone that, that, that has to prepare for San Francisco will tell you they've got more volume than anybody in the league. More formations, more stuff like that. And Kaepernick, I think maybe, I don't want to go Bill Musgrave here, but right. maybe could use a little simplification or going into each week, here's really what we're going to focus on. You want the note card. You yeah, want it I want, I want the post-it note. Yeah, just real small. Because I think when you look, you know, uh, I was talking to my dad about this. He's a huge Niner fan. And I was saying, you know, when Peyton Manning drops back, there's no tension in his mind of, Am I running or am I throwing? Right. He yeah. knows what he's doing. With he the ball. can't run. Right. And Russell Wilson, even, or Andrew Luck, there isn't that tension because they can run, but they only run in order to open passing lanes. Right. But when you're Kaepernick and you might be the fastest guy on the field, same thing with RG3. I think we're seeing him struggle for that same reason. Mm-hmm. When they drop back, they're thinking, okay, read one. Should I take off and try to run for 50 yards or should I go to read two? And if you have that even split second of, I'm not quite sure what to do, you're done. Yeah. So I, I think week one you saw Kaepernick against the Packers throw for 400 yards and never even try to run. Mm-hmm. And I think he needs a little bit more simplification of let's just designed keep, runs. Either keep you in the pocket yeah. or we'll design some runs yeah. for you. I agree. I think asking a player like Colin Kaepernick to decide for himself leads to happy feet. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right about that. Trent Delver said, you know, he's feeling phantom pressure that isn't there. Yep. He's running into sacks. Uh, I mean, he got sacked six times against the Panthers, who are a great defense, but the 49ers have a very good offensive line. Yeah. No reason to get sacked six times. Um, He's got to just start to feel a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Which he did, I think, earlier, you know, uh, and and before Kaepernicking was a big thing, and before the read option kind of became in vogue, I think he was more comfortable just sitting in the pocket. I think he needs to go back to that. Um, But I will say, Alvin Smith... Looked good in his return. Mm-hmm. He's going to get more snaps. Crabtree's going to be back in the next week or two. Um, so they're getting healthier. And, and, that should, and that should help their passing game a lot. A lot. That's a big target for Colin. He, he likes him a lot. I think he targeted Crabtree on almost 40% of his throws last year. Yeah. So I, I still believe San Francisco's a legit Super Bowl contender. I got the old Saints at four. Okay. Um, bounced back nicely after a loss to the Jets. Yeah. Um, by just... Absolutely dominating Dallas. Yeah, that was 40 first downs. They set a record in that game. Yeah. Uh, more, most first downs in, I think, in the NFL game in history. Uh, Marcus Colston finally decided to show up and make yeah. an appearance. Graham and Sproles look like they're getting healthier. Mm-hmm. And that defense, I mean, if you line it up personnel-wise, you might be able to name three guys. Yeah. But they, they play well together. The scheme is good. Rob Ryan's there. Jerry Jones came out and said, I made a mistake letting Rob Ryan go. 
which I'm sure feels really good for the current coaching staff in Dallas. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the I think the Monty Kiffin experiment is is slowly dying. You yeah, know, just like Monty Kiffin. No foreshadowing intended. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, put that on anyone. But yeah. I, I don't know. He's just, I mean, a really a, a great coordinator, great coach, uh, great football mind. But the guy's old, and I think. Um, might be the end of the road. And he's also had injuries to DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. Morris Claiborne hasn't hasn't panned out. Ratliff got hurt. Jason Hatcher got hurt. Sean Lee got hurt. So you can make all the excuses in the world for Dallas, but the point is with Dallas, even though we're not talking about them, they've been exactly five hundred over like the last twelve years. Yeah. They're just they're never any good. And they're scoring a ton of points. Yeah, they're the defense has really points. been the issue. I think they're the I think they're the the second highest scoring offense in football this year. Right behind Denver. Right behind Denver. I mean a hundred points behind Denver, but closest, yeah. closer than anyone else. Participation medal. Yeah. Um, but getting back to New Orleans, um, it's. I, I think um, you're seeing, after a year away without Sean Payton, you see kind of the importance of the chemistry that he and Drew Brees have offensively. Yeah, what a difference he's made. They did almost whatever they wanted against, you know, what could be argued as a beleaguered Dallas defense, but still, that's an, an NFL, NFL defense, defense yeah. you know? Yeah, and you know, I think we've seen when Sproles and Graham are healthy. No, besides maybe San Francisco, there aren't teams that have linebackers or safeties to to keep up with both those right. guys. You might be able to take one away. I don't think you can take both away. I will say against New uh, with New Orleans, their defense is kind of a pass rushing group, and if you can say a team like San Francisco bring out the jumbo package, control the ball. I think you can run. I think you can dominate line the scrimmage against them. Yep. Um, and that's why I picked San Francisco also because I'm all. Right. Um, I think, kind of back to what you were saying, I think Darren Sproles, when he's healthy, really has that offense clicking on every single cylinder. It can. I mean, that guy. He's so he impossible do, to defend. And he can do almost anything. Yeah. I, I, he is. He runs great routes. He, he, he's real fast. You know, he can even go between the tackles yeah. for as tiny as he is, and as long as he's been in the league, I love him. He's, he's one of my favorite player. players. Actually, I've yeah. always wanted him on my team. Yeah, me too. Um, who do you have at five? Carolina. I'm going yeah. to Carolina in my mind. Yeah. Oh man, I watched that whole game against San Francisco, and it was kind of funny to watch. And it was like this is the same team yeah. playing. It's like mirror images. You've got a six, five super athletic quarterback that maybe doesn't always make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, really good young defenses, strong offensive lines and limited weapons on the outside. Yep. And it was a 10 to nine game, a real pillow fight. Yeah, it was ugly. Actually. I mean, it's, I think it says a lot for both teams defenses. Yeah. Um, I think it was a big, big win for Carolina. That's huge for them. Cause th- those are the games that they've lost. For years, since Cam Newton's gotten it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what he said, too, I think, was um, it's a big stepping stone for them because those are the games that, you know, they've had really trouble coming out on top of in the past two years. And they did and they did what they needed to do to, to win that game. They were able to run the ball in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And, and it was interesting because if you started the year, you know, after week one or probably even before, if you asked who would you take, Kaepernick or Cam Newton, probably 90% of people would have said Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. And now it's probably the exact... It's flipped. Yeah. And I will say this for Cam. He, he throws a more catchable ball than Kaepernick. He looks more comfortable in the pocket, and he's had more starting experience than Colin. And he looks like he started to figure out when should I run, when should I hang in the pocket, and he has got an absolute gun. I mean, he and Kaepernick physically uh, are just specimens. Yeah. But, uh, but I think Cam is starting to mature on the mental side of the game. 
Do you think that sometimes Colin throws the ball too fast or yeah. too hard? Just, was, yeah. just puts too much on it. I mean, yeah, that was another thing I was talking with, with my pops about is he just doesn't have any touch on the ball. No. And even on, you know, let, like, let's say it's like a post corner, you know, it's, it's a deep route that you need to get it over the safety. That he still, loft. He still throws a line drive. He and, does. and I think, I wonder if that's his baseball kind of heritage coming out. I mean, he was a, he could throw a 95 mile an hour. He's a fastballer, fast yeah. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if it's, he's got a kind of a strange motion. He does. I don't know, but it's, it, you would think under Harbaugh it would be right. easy enough to teach, hey, throw it a little softer. Yeah. Or just, you know, Maybe that's something they can work on um, towards the end of the season and in the off season is just having him, you know, learning how to float those balls better. Just because he's got the arm he's to do it. He's got the arm, yeah. It's just I think he's got to put more wrist into it and less my entire body. I'm going to throw yeah. this ball through your face. It's almost like I, I'm going to show you how hard I can yeah, throw I, this I ball. Yeah, I really do feel like that. Though. Yeah. When he, every time he throws the ball, I feel like he's really trying to prove that he can throw the ball really hard, and he doesn't have to prove that anymore. I think Colin has felt that way, though, for a long time, is I kind of have to prove everything to everyone. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of doubt for him right now. And, you know, he hasn't been playing great. I, I totally admit that. But, right. listen, he's 25. He's started 16 games in his career. He's 11-5. and five. Yeah. I'll take that any day. Yeah. Um, and I would still take him over Newton because I like his mental makeup better. I know that Cam is maturing, but I think if you – if you ask me who wants to win, who wants to be a football player more, who want, who loves his teammates more, yeah, who's a, I would, I would who's a better teammate. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, um, even even winning, I think Cam's attitude sucks for some reason. I, I just don't like it's it. It's just kind of annoying. Yeah, He's it's kind just of always arrogant. I don't know what it is. So you've got Carolina at five, right? I've got New Orleans at five. New Orleans. We talked New Orleans. I've got Carolina at six. Who do you got at six? Detroit. I thought about them. They're so up and down. La Tigra. That I didn't put them in the seven. Yeah. They'd be probably number eight for me. Yeah. Give me your take on Detroit. I just, I really do think that um, offensively, when they're healthy, they're as good as almost anybody in the league. Um, and they have shown an ability this year that they haven't been able to do in the past to win some of those closer games and really gut it out, whereas they would have just, you know, shit their pants two years ago. Yeah. Um. And there aren't, like we talked about a little bit, especially um, in the AFC, there just aren't a lot of good teams. Yeah, I think I, I think they're just offensively a little bit more put together than you know your than your New Englands or um, hate the to Colts, say it the no. the Niners. Yeah, for right now, oh, for sure. Just offensively, and I, I think um, I just I see them winning or beating some of those other teams if they were to play you know this week. What I would say about Detroit is I don't trust their coaching staff in yeah. a big spot. I don't trust Jim Schwartz, but they kind of remind me of the Saints in that Reggie Bush and, and Calvin Johnson kind of in the Graham Sproles uh, mold are yeah. just such mismatches mm -hmm. that if you put two guys on Calvin, which you kind of have to, Reggie have to. is going to kill you underneath on those on those little routes that he runs, you know, little circle routes or square routes and things like that. Um so, yeah, and, and their defensive tackles are really impressive. I think it'll be kind of an interesting, I think they go to Pittsburgh, and not that the Steelers are any type of good team this year, but it's 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 kind of that time in the year where you start to see teams that have nothing to play for play better. You know, Pittsburgh might start progressing a little bit. So I think it's that's an important game for Detroit to win because they should win it. Yeah. And in the past, that's the type of game that they've dropped. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's... um. 
they have to if they're gonna if they're gonna stay kind of in the upper echelon of NFL teams, they've got to start winning those games that they need that they're supposed to win. Can I? Did you watch the the Lions Bears game at all from from last week? I didn't. Um, it was kind of interesting because you know it was it was a back and forth type game. Cutler came back and then he kind of re injured himself. Yeah. Uh, and he came out of the game way too late. They they should have put McCown in earlier, and as soon as McCown came back, kind of led the Bears right down the field. Uh, if both teams are healthy, throwing out the records, right? and I'm, I'm not talking about the Packers right now because there's so much yet to be determined with Rodgers out, who do you like more as a threat to advance in the playoffs if they're both healthy, the Bears or the Lions? The Lions. Um, I think... I think I agree. I, I'm not sure. Okay, I let, don't me, know. let me sell it to you. Okay, I'm gonna get my salesman hat on. Um, quarterbacks, I, I give obviously the edge to Stafford. I just think yeah. he's the better quarterback right now, and you, you know, he's more consistent. Um, Probably I think, a better arm, which is yeah, saying a lot. Throws a better deep ball yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, obviously. I don't know your number one wide receiver, Brandon Marshall, is amazing, but he's not Calvin Johnson. Nobody is. Yeah. And then, you know, Reggie Bush, I think, is Forte better than Matt Forte. are pretty similar yeah. guys. And, and uh, yeah, and I think the defensive personnel is better on Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I think talent-wise. I just don't trust the Bears. I mean, I just don't trust Detroit. That was what I was going to say. I, I don't really trust either. I, um, I think Chicago outside of Soldier Field is awful. Yeah. Um, and maybe the same for Detroit, but I, I think they've got a better chance to win on the road with Calvin Johnson and, and Matthew Stafford and Reggie Bush. They could have one of those games where they just go nuts and yeah. Calvin has if, 300 yards. If they're on, they could beat almost anyone in, in football, yeah. I think. Yeah, and, and you know, if they have to go on the road, if they end up going to, let's say, a New Orleans, which could be a very likely destination yeah. to have to go to, that's a dome that's a fast track. Yeah, it is. And they could get pressure up the middle on Breeze with their two tackles, which is the thing that bothers him the most. Yep. Could be an interesting game. That's all I'm saying. It would be a great game. I, you know, and Reggie Bush, little homecoming of little sorts, revenge game. Yeah. And, and I think the Lions got bounced by the Saints two years ago in the playoffs. And there's nobody in that Saints secondary that obviously is going to stay with Megatron. I mean, no. double, triple team. They're actually um, fairly small, I think, on that side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, so there. So okay, okay. I think you did sell me on the Lions. Yeah. Good job. Uh, I'm, I'm working on my salesmanship. Worked in sales for three years. Sucked. Yeah. Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. <laughs> um, okay, I think we both have the the New England Patriots. The Patriots. I didn't. I kind of felt the same way. This is the first time that I haven't really been trumping for them. Like stumping. Really, for them. like they they're gonna because I just don't feel it. It's anymore. funny though. They keep winning. They're seven and two. They yeah. keep winning. But it's like this really dirty feeling. Seven and two. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a it's like a dirty washcloth. Back alley. Something or other. It's like when you wash your hands and then the only towel in there is the same towel that you just used to clean the sink and you just, should I or should I? Maybe yeah. it's not at all like that. Uh, <laughs> but I do think uh, they got Gronk back. Gronk. Um, who is, uh, I mean, he, outside of Jimmy Graham, you know, biggest mismatch. I would take ever. Gronk. Yeah. I think he's even better than Jimmy Graham if he's if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, just because Jimmy Graham can run past you. Mm-hmm. Gronk can run straight over you. Through you, he blocks really yeah, well. He's a much actually. better blocker than Graham. Same kind of big build in the red yeah. zone. Well, and he's a. F- I mean, to be fair, he's a football player. Jimmy Graham's kind of a basketball player. Yeah, basketball so. player in cleats. Yeah. Um, and then the Patriots did trade for Isaac Sopwaga to replace Vince Wilfork. So, uh, you know, Sopwaga is decent on the D line as a run stuffer. Mm-hmm. I just think talent wise, they're, they're kind of sticking their finger in the dike sort of thing. But the um, AFC is so terrible outside yeah. of you know the West that. 
with Reggie Wayne out, and and if you're New England, you probably don't have to see Kansas City and Denver. I mean, maybe you would. Yeah. But if you could duck one of those teams, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we only we have KC, Denver, and then the Patriots all the way down at seven. If New England's best case playoff scenario would be for the Jets to get a wild card beat Denver or something, and then have their jet hangover game and just take a dump against New England. Yeah, I mean, yeah, If, if and, and if New England goes into, let's say, Denver, mm-hmm. uh, really, or Arrowhead, yeah. Brady and Belichick and those guys aren't going to be intimidated by the venue. No. And if it's a sloppy, cold day in, in uh, Mile High Stadium, that favors Brady over, over Peyton, I would think. Do you think that Bill Belichick is ever happy? No. Well... I saw like, him dressed up as a pirate for Halloween. Did he look happy? Yeah, he kind of he was like weird. It was like, like he was he's trying uncomfortable to smile. being happy. It was like gravity was pulling the smile <laughs> and he was fighting it. Yeah, it's like Sandra Bullock and gravity. No, it wasn't like that. Yeah, it was worse. a whole bunch of what was it like three hours of her crying or something? Yeah, it was horrible. Um, so I guess I don't know. We talked the Niners, Saints. We talked Chiefs, Broncos. We talked Panthers, Patriots. For the most part, who are you picking? Panthers, Patriots. I kind of want to get into that game. I make the Panthers. I did too. I just think I just think they're hot right now. They're so hot right now. So hot right now. Yeah. I just like their front seven against yeah. again again, kinda like Manning. Uh Brady gets bothered by a front seven like that. He does. Luke Keekley might be the best linebacker in football. Slowest quarterback in the history of football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it could be trouble for them trying to produce points. And then uh, you know, if Cam can just keep a level head and, and make the plays that he needs to make and play field position, I think the Panthers win that game at home. Yeah, I think so too. Um, be a real tough game for New England. But, you know, at, on the same side, like when I did pick Carolina, I was fully prepared for the, you know, possibility or even probability that New England's going to win and I'm going to feel stupid. I was, yeah, it was kind of like, should I pick with my, like, nostalgic brain that says New England wins against the Panthers? Or, or your loins? Or my burning hot football loins, yeah. which say the Panthers are better in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and I think they're the better football team. Tenderloin. Yeah, I, 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 bacon. I think um, their defense is just going to be a little too much for New England's offense this week. Let me ask you one more question. Okay. Seattle, Kansas City, Carolina. Who has the best defense? Wow, that's a tough one. Just right now, or over the course of the entire season, the the, you know, what defense? Let me say it this way: If you're going into a playoff matchup, okay, which of those defense defenses scares you the most? I mean, it's different team to team. To be fair, uh, if if I were um, a team that relies more on a short passing game and the run, I would be most scared of probably Carolina, um, maybe Kansas City, a close second. Um, but, you know, for a, a pass-happy offense, I think Seattle's Seattle. secondary is just as good as it gets. Yeah, and especially if you, you know, if you throw a home field into it, once yeah. Seattle's defense gets rolling at that, it, it's like, it's like being in hell. And it, like. it, they're, in their secondary, in that part of their defense, has the ability to flat-out win games for them, as yeah. they've shown. Yeah, I mean, they've literally got four all-pro-level guys starting for them back there. So, okay, let's wrap up Power 7. Do you want to update me on the National Hockey League. I do, but first, we'll step away and sell some soap to all those housewives listening. Yeah, Brad Pitt, soap, Fight Club. Yeah, make, make some... No, I'm not going to encourage people to make explosives. Just make soap. 
Yeah, just make soap. Make soap, not war. We'll be back on the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We were trying to find pop culture stuff to laugh at, but um, it all is terrible. Yes. Every last story sucked. It's all real boring, like Miley Cyrus naked on a wrecking ball and selfies. Yeah. That's basically what we're dealing with. Robert so, Pattinson's goatee. In lieu of that... Yeah. We'll do something even better. Ben's Hockey NHL Update! We need to insert cool music here. Yeah. Let's get some production here. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, hockey. They play it. We watch it. It's on ice. They shoot it. Pucks. Yeah. Um, what's going on? Uh, I, I guess the biggest, biggest news would be the Steven Stamkos injury. Broke his leg bone. Which is connected yeah. to his hip bone. He's going to miss the rest of the year. And actually, I think right before he got injured, he had just tied Sidney Crosby for the most points in the NHL. So that's a huge loss. Um, for the league as a whole, I think, really. Yeah. You know, everyone's sick of seeing Sid the Kid be the best player. Thought maybe Steven could, could fill those shoes. He's in that conversation? Fill those skates. Yeah, absolutely. Or he was. Um, I don't know. So, that's kind of fun. What else is going on? Nothing. At all. No. How are the Wild doing? The Wild are, the Wild are doing well. Um, I guess another thing that I was a little surprised by, Chicago, uh, moving ahead of Colorado in the Central. Um, I kind of always figured the Blackhawks would show up a little bit more as the season went on. I didn't think it would happen that quickly. And Colorado's kind of, after a, a pretty good start, um, just petered just slightly. But, um, I don't know, the Blackhawks coming around, they have a 18, plus 18 goal differential, 6-1-2 in the last 10. Uh, I don't know, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. They're, they always are. Reigning champs. Uh, Minnesota... Would be in the playoffs if they started today. Good. Something to watch. 11, 4, and 4, 26 points in the standings. Um, I'm still skeptical. You're lukewarm on them? I am. I still think that they've really got to figure, I mean, they've kind of, they've won a couple of shootouts, but that's still a big glaring thing for them. Um, Nicholas Backstrom got hurt in the last game. Personnel wise, what do you think they need to improve? I, you know, I, I've been beating the whole drum of, change the Parisi Koivu line and split those two guys Spread up. Spread it out. But um kind of as of late they've developed a pretty noticeable improvement in their chemistry. Um one of the games I watched I think the team scored six goals in between, you know, the two of them they each had, you know, a goal and two assists or vice versa and they were all between just the two of them. So that kind of Maybe coming around and would be good for them. Yeah. You don't have to mess with that top line. Um, Anaheim is kind of the, the toast of the Pacific, obviously, and that one point was the best team in the league. Uh, undefeated at home, still. Pittsburgh sitting on top of Metropolitan, 11-7-0. Um, only 22 points, which is kind of surprising. This is interesting. So that, that Metropolitan, um, division, Pittsburgh's on top of 22 points. And you move down to the Central, um, like we said, the Blackhawks sitting on top there. They've got 30 points in the standing. So if Pittsburgh were in the Central, they would be in the bottom half. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. How about that? 
Look what I did. I made an interesting point. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very Costanza. Um, Tampa Bay still actually playing well in the Atlantic. Um, nothing's really changed over on that side of the puck. Uh, and the beat goes on. Hopefully Minnesota can get their stuff together as a, from a fan's perspective. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay, well then let's do this. Let's wrap up right here, and then we're going to come back with a fresh podcast. That is going to be dedicated solely to us arguing over which mascots could beat each other up better. Yeah. Does that sound good? I am uncomfortably aroused. Yeah, me too. If you like gratuitous violence that we're picking in a bracket format, stay tuned. Thanks for checking out this part one of the podcast. And uh, I don't know, will we have the podcast, both podcasts go up at the same time or stagger it day by day? Uh, this one will go up tomorrow, Saturday. Okay. And then the bracket for Sunday. Bracket buster on Sunday, as it should be. Well, thanks for checking it out. We're sorry that we missed you for a couple of weeks, but we couldn't be happier to be back. Yo! Dade Sports Podcast. That's all I had to add.